You're listening to The One Relationship, where we believe a strong marriage is the foundation for successful families, communities, and cultures. I'm Kate. And I'm Tanner. We're your hosts, and we've each had our share of unhealthy relationships. When we met, we committed to not repeat the mistakes of our past, so we set out to learn everything we could about creating a rock-solid marriage. Join us every week as we bring you real talk from our experiences, other married couples, and relationship professionals we trust. To start strengthening your marriage now, head over to theonerelationship.com and get access to our free marriage manifesto today. Welcome back to The One Relationship. My name is Kate. I'm here with my husband and co-host, Tanner. And this episode, we are so, so excited to have Scott and Monty Mann. Scott Mann is a master at building relationships in high stakes, competitive environments. As a Green Beret for 18 years in the US Army, he forged bonds and solved problems using values that move people around the world to stand up for themselves. And he says his secret is that he was able to restore trust and create human connections in places where they didn't seem possible. And as I mentioned, Monty, his wife, every great man has a, an incredible woman <laughs> right next to him. So Monty has also been by his side through all of this and now working together to build their movement, Rooftop Leadership, where they build people to have a crystal clear vision of a better world that doesn't exist yet and that dynamic ability to inspire others to be able to build it. And you both are inspiring us to create our movement and build us up and help others. And we're so honored to have you here a part of the one relationship. So welcome. Oh, thanks, Kate. Thanks, Tanner. Yeah, absolutely. So when we get started, we like to ask couples how it all started. How did you guys, you know, how did you meet? How did you know that you two were meant for each other and that you wanted to spend the rest of your life together? You want me to go? Yep. So we met when I was, uh, I had just completed um, the Special Forces Assessment Course, which is the three-week tryout, and I moved to Fort Benning, Georgia, where our son is now going through training, but um, uh, our son Cody, but it, it, I was a young captain, and I was going through a six-month infantry course that was just part of the pipeline, and that was when, when Monty and I met. She was, uh, she was living in Atlanta at the time, and, uh, and, and we met. And, uh, I, I don't, it sounds cornball. Like you always hear that, like, you know, uh, but I, I knew, I knew right away. I knew right away. Um, our, our, our friendship quickly turned into a romance and, and I mean, within like a couple of months, I asked her to marry me. Cause I just knew that she was the one to, uh, she was just the one that was going to be with me all the way through this journey. And so I just, I, I knew a hundred percent. I can only speak for me now. Yeah, no, I did too. Exactly. And it, actually, it'll be 25 years that we've been married Wednesday of next week. Veterans Day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. What, is, yeah. what a wonderful timing and celebration. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, the thing was too, Kate, is um, I, I was very, very honest with her about um, my career and, and what it was that I was about to do. And, and frankly, I didn't really have plans for being married as a Green Beret, as a young Green Beret captain. like in so many ways that seemed counterintuitive and there had been, there had been so many people who had told me like, Hey, you know, a marriage will not survive special forces. It just won't like you're gone too much. It's too hard on the relationship. Um, but when I shared that with you, that wasn't exactly 
what you believe was it? No, because I mean, I was all for fighting for your dream. You know, yeah. I, I loved you that much that we'll figure out a way where there's yeah. a will, there's a way, you know? Right. Where there is a will, there is a way. What, so let's talk about that when it comes to challenges, because whether you're military and certainly we have, you know, military families who are, who are listening um, or not uh, traveling or not, there are challenges within a marriage. You have two very, you know, different people coming together and, and creating uh, one, you know, one, one path. How did you work at overcoming those challenges? How did how, how did you make it work to stick together through all of it? What are um, some of those things that you did? Well, I mean, I didn't present any challenges. I can talk about Perfect. You should definitely go first. <laughs> no, I think just conversation, just is communication is the best thing, yeah. really, because I think if you're both communicating what you're feeling at, you know, at all times, that that's the best way to go because you can always talk about it and that'll get you through anything communication. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, the other thing that Monty did that was so cool was um, she really kind of put some things in place very early on in our relationship that we still do. I mean, and, and one of them was, you know, she talked to a lot of military spouses and so she had a good understanding of, of kind of where things went South and where they didn't. And she was always really, really good to, just drive towards like date nights and, and keeping the romance in place. And after every deployment, we would always um, get away. We would always find a way to, to get away every deployment like that never stopped. And then for both of us, I think when I was home, we made it a priority to be home. You know, like there wasn't guys nights and girls nights and all that, like the priority because we missed so much time together was to really invest in the time that we did have and make it sacred. Well, you know, I grew up with my parents. Um, they always would take a week vacation or so, just the two of them. And so I grew up like that. And I always thought that was really cool that my parents did that. And so that's what Scott was saying is that in the, from the very beginning, we said at least every six months, the two of us need to just get away. And sometimes, of course, when the kids were really young, I mean, that can be really hard to do. Because mm -hmm. that was back before, you know, we had all the GPS stuff on the phone. And I can remember my parents would be coming to keep the kids and I was having to literally write down their entire schedule who had to be where when and I had to write down directions on for how <laughs> to get there and I mean it was a nightmare sometimes you think oh my gosh why am I doing this but as soon as we would get off you know it's all totally worth it to just get that time with each other because it's like my mom always said you know you've got the kids for 18 years you got your husband or you know wife the rest of your life and um, even if you don't keep it right, then, you know, there's a problem if you live through your kids and everything. And then all of a sudden the kids are gone and then you look at each other like, who are you? Oh, you know? so that oh was man. I mean, you guys are like literally taking the questions off of the paper and the words <laughs> out of our mouth because yeah. that, that's one of the things that we talk about, especially for families, you know, in our position, we've got younger kids, but we know that is a real issue. And, and we know enough people that married 20, 25 years, kids are out of the house and it's like, uh, who are you and, and what are we doing here? And that divorce rate in the, you know, in the fifties kind of age range has spiked in the last yeah. couple of decades. And that's something that really drives us of like, Hey, if you don't think about where you're headed and what's going on, you are going to get to a point where you have no idea who you're living with and what you're doing and what the purpose is. And you hit on something. Cause I, I wanted to ask Monty, I mean, 
based on all the things Scott just said that you guys implemented, I wanted to ask about your upbringing, but you already hit on that. Like you observed that from your parents, like you had a blueprint and a model of communication is good, getting away and spending time together is good. And I think that's, I mean, it's such an important lesson that I think we've, you know, we've had to learn and, and we're helping others learn the value of that. And, and I think that's an amazing gift, you know, to, to, you know, Scott and, and the, the family and every, everybody that, that, that was just sort of innately, um, you know, in you. So what I, so what I'm curious of, and Scott, you touched on this a little bit, that there are some things that you two put in place uh, while you were in the military that has remained. But let's talk about that transition a little bit, because I think whether it's somebody coming home from the military, uh, obviously a, a very large transition, but now on, on in mass, people have experienced that with COVID. They're not going to their office. They're not traveling for work as much. People are, are spending more time with each other. So let's just talk about a little, like, what did the transition period look like? Was it was it rough spending more time with each other or were you like, this is the day we've been waiting for? What, what did that look like? We pretty much before COVID with us running the business together. I mean, we're, we're together all the time. Yeah. I mean, pretty much 24 seven, you know, and I think it was a lot of that stems from, we did have to be separated so much when Scott was active duty that we'd always said when he retired, we wanted to do something where we could do it together to where we could spend time together. So um, COVID really, um, one thing it did for us was it, it, it made us sit still and actually spend time together, even though, you know, you run a business together and you find yourself in the same room and stuff like that a lot, but you may be so busy working on things, you're not necessarily spending the kind of quality time together that you should. So a lot of that pretty much with COVID is kind of what brought us together in that way. But it was, I don't know, I could spend every day of my life with Scott and it still wouldn't be enough time. So we, we kind of always, always felt that way. Yeah. I mean, and, and that was, you know, again, when you, it's kind of like people ask me like, why do you run so hard, you know, writing a play and, and pushing the envelope on all these different things. And, and my answer is like, I lost 23 friends in 10 years. Like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm here and they're not here. And, and I can't forget that. Like I, it's always in my face that I'm still here. Like I'm still breathing. And it's just like, it's an accelerated awareness of like the clock is ticking. And I feel very similar with Monty. It's like, we were apart from each other so much and we missed so much that, that the thought of not investing that time with her is just wrong like I, and it's so it's 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 not a stretch at all but i will answer this tanner about you asked about the the transition part yeah is that you know one of the things i think that made it really cool was monty has always been super independent she's very driven you know like she raised three boys basically on her own mm -hmm. and her standard was i am never going to the kids are not going to suffer for a choice they didn't make yeah, if they didn't make the choice to be in a Green Beret family. We did. And so she would just, I mean, she would just crush it to keep them going to ball practice. And I mean, there was times she'd stay in the car eight hours a friggin' day uh, just to keep them moving around the battlefield. And, 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 I, you know, that level of independence and rugged spirit, I think also contributed a lot to our relationship too. Cause there was times when I had to say, okay, I, I'm following what position do you need me to play? <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. that, that helped. Yeah, that's great. Dang. So you sort of came in and you're like, uh, where's my position? I know my position over here yeah. leading in the military. 
and now I'm I'm taking the lead uh, or, from my wife and the family. And I think like you hit on a really important uh, point, Scott, which is that you know we have roles in our family. Uh, and not sort of the traditional roles of like, well, you're going to do all the, you know, the cook, the clean, the this, the that, and the I'm going to do things. And, right. Yeah, and I just I feel like there's there's a lot of people that we talk to, and we've got a couple in particular that we're coaching that the idea of you know him picking up a mop <laughs> or or the vacuum cleaner or something like that just feels like oh I'm I'm losing my manhood uh, because I'm helping clean around the house. Just very simple, basic things, right? And so, uh, and maybe maybe talk a little just more about like how do you guys balance those things? Like you each have strengths. You're now working together in your business. Like how do you do that dance of all of life's responsibilities and and, and how that shakes out? I think we do a really good job to just kind of we, we do balance it in a lot of ways, and it kind of works out. There's things Scott enjoys doing that I don't. Like he likes to cook. I don't like yeah. to cook. So I will cook, but I don't necessarily <laughs> like it. So he's the cook. And then, um, um, I don't know, there's this, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, like, there, you know, each of us, like she was saying, has kind of, you know, unique abilities and things that we gravitate to. Like, I've watched you guys when we're on our coaching calls and you're parenting. It's so cool <laughs> to watch the dynamic in action because each of you is playing a position for the other person. And I right. think that it's less about, like, what you're doing. I mean, I... I'm a career green beret and I've washed a whole lot of dishes <laughs> and I don't mind cooking. And, 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 and the reality is, is that has absolutely nothing to do with being a man. Like that has zero to do with being a man. To me, what, what has to do with being a man is being a protector, being a good person and playing your position for your partner like mm -hmm. that to, and your kids. And so being a position player is more important to me. And I think we both, found that like we found this this it's more it's kind of a dance right so there's this yeah. dance where you're always kind of seeing what position should I be playing right now and sometimes you get it wrong and then you just write the ship and you get back in there but I mean you guys do it every day every time I watch you all in action you're position players you're you're literally you're handing the kid off and then you're pivoting over here and, yeah. and it's so yeah. fun to watch that because it just takes us back you know to God, that's the ride man like that is as good as it will ever get. Like we're, we're about, our last one is about to leave the house. And, and I, I told Kate the other day, I said, mm -hmm. you, you guys are literally transporting us back to mm -hmm. what the best part of raising kids yeah. was, which was that dynamic dance that you do to just move through thanks it. For and, and, and thanks for it. saying that and reminding us because sometimes <laughs> in the moment it's really chaotic and you're like, oh, yeah. I, I, I remember, yeah. I remember, but you know, <laughs> early on with Scott and I, before we ever even had kids, you know, you're both ready to enjoy the weekend and not do just chores and things like that. And so it was always very much, okay, what needs to get done? And we're both very much list people. Like we like to like to make a list and check it off. And so we make a list, what needs to be done? Okay, I'll take this and you take this. And we would just knock it all out together to where then both of us could actually enjoy the weekend and we'd have everything done that needed to get done. And it yeah. wasn't just one of us having to, you know, work while the other one was doing something fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think um, one of the other things that I'm getting from from you to is sort of in stages of your marriage, like you do, hey, we're signing up to be a special forces family. Hey, we're coming home. We're creating a movement. We're doing a play like what I what I sense. And and I'd love to talk a little more about because this is also something that we find um, just a lot of couples haven't taken the time to, to think about is like having the vision for your family and having the vision for your future that pulls you forward, that sort of makes these day-to-day things like, well, we got to figure out how to do this, but it like, let's not argue over the dishes because ultimately like that's not going to get us where we want to go. So can you talk a little bit about like the importance of, you know, sort of accepting your roles, responsibilities, the the vision and where you want to go, like how has that played a, a, a part in, in always pulling you guys forward? Because it feels like you're very um, pulled to, to the future and the, and the things that you're committed to. I think that vision is critical for a family, yeah. you know, and a couple, I think in a relationship as well, not just the entire family, but the, but the couple I think needs to have, you know, vision on where they're going together um, that vision should integrate the individual vision of each person. And then again, it comes down, I believe, to position play. Like, let, let me tell you what I mean by that. So my vision was always to, to be a Green Beret and to, and to play at the highest level in that field. And, and, and Monty said to me early on, okay, that's, that's our life. Like, that's what we're going to do. But the deal is when you stop loving it, like, that's it. You know, when you, we hang it up, we hang it up. We're not going to just stay in this thing just forever because it's a career. Like, and, and, and then when I got out, you know, we made some pivots because there's some visions that she had about family and relationships and, you know, staying in Florida, for example, when we didn't plan to stay in Florida because that was best for our kids. And, you know, I, but I think articulating your vision to each other and fighting for each other's vision, like you can't be casual about that. That needs to be as adamant or or disciplined as you would for your job. Would, would, you, would oh, you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And really understanding each other's vision. And and again, being clear on that. And then I think the other thing too is what is your, you know, what's your vision for your children? You know, Monty and I talked about that very early on. And there were two things that she really, well, she was adamant about one and I was adamant about the other. And we, we established these as our ethos. Monty's was, we are not going to lose our relationship um, in raising our children. Our relationship comes first because if we don't maintain our relationship, the children will have no anchor. They right. will, they will drift. And, 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 can I add something to yeah, that? Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get a lot of a lot of pushback on that from people that are like, what do you mean you put each other first? Your kids should always be first. But the way we've always looked at it is if we do put each other first, then the kids are growing up in a, in a healthy house with a healthy mm-hmm. family and a healthy relationship that their parents have with each other, which to me ultimately puts them number one. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't mean that you're not doing, you're going to, we all know you're going to be doing things with the kids primarily all the time as the lead, but putting each other first mm-hmm. in the sense that you're constantly fighting to maintain that relationship at the highest level above all else. Um, and, and I'll give you an example of that, how that plays out when your kids become teenagers, mm-hmm. you know, my 17 year old smarts off to his mom, right. While I'm standing in the kitchen and if I put my kids first, I'm like, Hey buddy, no, that's, that's not good. Let's don't talk to mommy that way. Right. Or it's, Hey pal, that's my wife you're talking to. So Mm -hmm. let's get this straight. 
Like mm. you don't talk to my wife that way. And, 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 and there's a difference, like there's a difference in how we show up for each other because as our kids grow, they're going to test that hard, you know? And I believe that that's why my parents stayed together. I think my dad did a very similar thing with me. So I, that was hers. Mine was, it's a mission to raise our kids and get them to the, and get them to the start line. That's our job. That is our mission. We're not their buddy. We're not their friend. We have to do everything together so that we give the, our kids the longest, widest runway for their dream. That's our job. And, and that's yeah. it. Like when it comes to raising these kids, that's a mission. Um, and we can't be their buddy. We can be their buddy once they take off, you know? And, right. and so those were two things we tried to live by. We, we screwed it up a lot, but that was <laughs> something we started with. Yeah, and I think, again, it's so great that, like, you had that ethos, you had something to come back to, because, sure, none of us are perfect, and we get caught up in the moment and the day-to-day, um, but again, like, you guys are talking about some things, very critical things that we see lacking all over the yeah. place, because people do think, like, well, I don't want my kids to be upset with me, like, they do develop a, a, a better relationship with their kids than their spouse, because it's almost easier because they're smaller and they can manipulate it, you know, and they're getting something out of it. And one of the other things that we've, we've learned too, and talking with, um, you know, our therapist and whatnot is that that creates trust from the child to the parent, right? That now, now the child feels that they're in a safe, trustworthy environment because they know where mom and dad stand. And, uh, and I think again, that that's lacking that in, in a lot of the families that we, we see and we talk to. Yeah. So one of the things, you know, Scott, we were a, a part of your event here about a month or so ago, and you talked about a, a couple of key things from your experience in the military with bridging and bonding trust. And then you also talked about this uh, in group and out group, and you come from obviously being, you know, in the Middle East and seeing conditions far worse than what we see here in, in America. But there were just a couple of elements of that that I thought, wow, that's what we're experiencing here, um, sort of with our neighbors and our communities, but also inside of our homes. And we're big believers of protecting uh, the marriage and the nuclear family, because if you have division in the home, everything else is going to be divided. And if we can create that unity in the home, we we think there will be a ripple effect. And so I'd love to just talk a little bit about, you know, what you see in sort of your ethos around trust and in groups and out groups, but how you how you think that applies to marriage and sort of two, you know, different uh, <laughs> groups coming together right, in, yes, in a marriage, right? Because right. that's what it is. Two families come together and, and need to create that trust and that bond. Yeah, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. I, I've never thought about it framed that way. So let me let me make a run at that. Yeah. <laughs> on how I think that could serve um, a couple and a family and then the couple and the family and the kids as they navigate the world, right? Yeah. So let's think yeah. about it like that. So first of all, um, there, as humans, you know, there are basically the most, the most trust is how we get through the world. You know, humans are designed, we don't have any fur or fangs or claws. The way we, the way we've navigated the world is through connection. We, have, we are the best um, on the planet at making connections. That's how we survive. And that's how we've gotten through volcanoes and catastrophes and wars. We connect and we form these, these clans, these, these kinships, these groups. And all, all creatures do it, at least mammals. Uh, humans do it best. Um, and more and more science is showing us that that really is a 
an innate skill for us, right? And something we should really strive to understand better and maximize in these low trust times. The basic form of trust that every human needs and craves is called bonding trust. Now, this is the trust that you have with the people in your life who you're closest to. Uh, so Monty and I have bonding trust. Uh, Kate, you and Tanner have bonding trust. Families, units have bonding trust. The trust is deep. It's typically not that wide. And it's been around for thousands and thousands of years. That bonding trust is what bonds families or neighbors together, extended families, so that they can acquire resources and protect those resources and survive. And it's universal. It's everywhere. It's the most natural, primal form of trust in the world. And it's awesome because like it's so there, the depths of bonding trust are immeasurable. And, and then, you know, but, but it's not wide, right? So when you get into a liberal democracy, like what we live in, where, you know, abundance is such a wonderful thing and freedom is such a, a wonderful thing and a free market for most people is a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. um, you can't have those things which are kind of the pinnacle of, of social activity. You can't have all that if you have just bonding trust because everybody's in their group. It's just fighting for their group, right? So you just have a bunch of extended families fighting each other over resources and status. That's, that's why most of the nations on this planet are in such disarray because mm -hmm. they're, it's just this. It's just in groups and out groups fighting over resources. There's no, there's no way that it ends well, right? It's just chaos. Right. But in a couple of countries, including ours, you have bridging trust where humans have learned to actually bridge beyond their in-group and trust another human who's not in their immediate family, who's not their same skin color, who's different religion. And when you do that, you create these broader networks, right? This diversity that is able to bring all of their unique skills together and do these amazing things. That's why the United States has the motto, e pluribus unum, out of many come one, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's so ironic that so much of the stuff that's tearing our country apart today is actually primal bonding trust. It's mm -hmm. actually, we're going back to what we used to be instead of bridging beyond it. So here's the bottom line. As a family, I say, in your relationship and raising your kids, make that bonding trust deep, really focus and teach your children that nothing tears us apart. We're strong, we're tight, and you look at that bond. But we also have to look at ourselves and our children and say, how do we bridge out of the immediate family into our neighbors? How do we bridge into our community? How do we bridge across Republican and Democrat lines? How do we bridge across mask, no mask? We have to teach our children how to navigate that and learn that too. Or the outcome is our kids are going to grow up in a society that is nothing but bonding trust. Mm -hmm. And so that would be my rub, my rub on that. And, and I think that it's two kinds of trust. They both are great. One is familial and close and organic and deep, but we also have to learn how to bridge and we have to teach our children that at a very young age and remind ourselves to do it. Yeah. If, if I could ask to expand a little bit when it comes to a husband and wife, where their bond, that bonding trust is with like the origin family of each, right? And now you're going to come together, you're going to bridge and create a new family. How do you two work through creating bridging trust and, 
accepting each other's differences and knowing that, you know, origin families have different ways of doing things and then creating sort of a new way for your marriage. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Once you like with how our families came together? Well, I just think like it was important to me. I thought it was neat that, I mean, Scott's family, they would celebrate things different than my family did. It was always, you know, all families do things different. Their meals different. Their things they cook at Thanksgiving and Christmas were different. Mm -hmm. And right. so I always thought it was fun to like, hey, let's incorporate together, you know, to where now we'll add this at Christmas as well as this. And, and it not be just, well, you're married to me now. So everything's all about me and my family, you know, right. because it's not, you know, when you marry somebody, you have just one big family. I mean, I always have looked just as forward to getting with Scott's parents to hang out and Scott's brother and his wife. And as much as I did my own family, my parents and my brother and, and his family, um, because yeah, because it's, it is, it just makes the, it just extended family. So there's, yeah, to, to, to embody what she just said, there's, um, there's a saying that I developed working with tribes in Afghanistan um, that is really the epicenter of my book, Game Changers, and everything that I teach, and it's this. Meet people where they are, not where you want them to be. You yeah. Know? I mean, as a general rule, if we just navigate the world that way, like if you take that framing to your question, Kate, and just you know, honestly spend two-thirds of, of the engagement and the work just trying to meet them where they are. Really get a sense of the pictures in their head, where their pain is, what they value, uh, and just really make and try to meet their goals first. I mean, the human condition is that's actually what we're designed to do. Like we get the most out of life. We get the most out of relationships. We get the most out of our um, families when we actually serve other people yeah. and when we actually make it about meeting them first. Then this beautiful biological element called reciprocity comes into play. You know, and, and really the, the rocket fuel of rooftop leadership, what causes people to do what's on your shirt there, Tanner, where, you know, one <laughs> person climbing up on that roof, yeah. it is reciprocity. Reciprocity is what, what it is this cool thing that humans feel universally when another human gets them, when another human makes an overt action to do something in their interest. We, 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 we feel this sense of reciprocity and this just unexplicable urge or inexplicable urge to do something for them. And it's, it's timeless, actually. And, and the more we can actually get back to it in low trust times and when families are strained, try I mean, I invite anybody listening to this, try it. Try it and see what you get. As long as it's authentic and you're really trying to seek curiosity and discover where they're at, you'll almost always be rewarded with some cool stuff. We talk about servant leadership all the time and, and you hear it a lot, or at least we hear it a lot more in business. And if you think about how people are looking to sort of do what they can within business, but they're not really doing it within their marriage. So I think it's just a really important reminder that, you know, whatever we're doing for work or the things sort of externally outside of our house, like to, to grow and improve or build, like do that in your home too, you know, do that with your marriage first and with your children and, uh, and don't let that go to chance. You know, we see that a lot, you know, again, talking about vision and whatnot, um, just on a, on a totally different, uh, path, what, like, what are some of the fun things that you do to keep your marriage exciting and fun and entertaining and all that good stuff? <laughs> What's yeah. date night look like or something like that? 
Well, you know, day night to us, I love just to grill something for dinner and watch a movie. I mean, yeah. I love, that's one of my favorite things to do. And I tell you, you know, something that we, we've always done a lot as well is find a good book, maybe a, a couples type book, um, relationship kind of book or something. And we actually will take turns reading out loud to the other one. And it's oh, neat, neat because like I'll read, you know, a chapter and then we'll stop and we'll discuss it and have a discussion on it. And then he'll read the chapter. And it's, it's just amazing the things that you don't think about as a couple until it's actually like maybe something that you read in a book. And then mm. it's cool to have a discussion on it because it sometimes can lead to discussions that you've never had before. And you end up learning something new about somebody, your husband that, I mean, you've been married 25 years almost, that you, <laughs> know. you know, I, I love doing that. And there's a lot of that, like, I know His Needs, Her Needs is a book that we enjoyed, you know, the five love languages and things like that, because it, um, it, it, it kind of teaches you some different things to, to learn about the other one that you just hadn't thought of. Right. Now, I think I another of things that, that I've always enjoyed is, um, it, you know, just little rituals that we started when we were like super poor. Um, and steak night. was steak night. Like, for example, I know it sounds cornball, but like every Friday night we grill a filet, steamed broccoli, mushrooms, and baked onion. And, and bread. And I swear to you, we've been <laughs> doing that for 25 years. Like, 26? And, uh, at 26. And, and we were so broke. Uh, <laughs> we were so broke. At one point, we had to hawk the microwave to go get some steaks. It was an extra microwave in the garage. Just but, you sold your microwave. To yeah, get right. steaks to keep your ritual. Garage. And so we, we, we it was next one. took yeah. it to a pawn shop and got like $25 on it and, and got, went to like Winn-Dixie and bought <laughs> yep. miss our, our yep. steak dinner. But like, and, and, I mean, I can remember cooking steaks on our little hibachi out in the parking lot <laughs> of our apartment, you know, but, but the point is oh, like man. that no matter where we are, we could be at a resort now or we could be, you know, if it will even like not invite people over on a Friday night because like, hey, that's, that's steak night, and we don't know them that well. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I think it was the kids. The boys will even tell you that, you know, as they were getting older and it became, you know, instead of putting them to bed and us enjoying our steak night Friday night, it became, hey, we want a steak with y'all. You know, we had to kind of like, uh, but, then, but then it, I mean, it did. It became family steak nights. So. Yeah. And, then, and then the last thing I'll say is Monty has always been great to um, just schedule little mini retirements, little mini recoveries after every deployment. When I'd come home on R&R, &R, um, we would go somewhere and just get away, even if it was just for a night or a long weekend. And she did those, she scheduled those a lot. Um, and I, it just meant, I look back on it now at, at some of the most de demanding times in our career with the war and the kids, like I, it was always at the right moment. So those are well, and a lot too. Like if, if when he was deployed as many times as he was with with um, special forces, um, I would even when he was coming home from a long deployment, the kids would think he was coming home a day later than he actually was, <laughs> because you know once once he comes home, I mean the kids just dominate his time. I mean they haven't seen him in however long, and when they were little, it was just. I wasn't feeling like I was getting any time with him until we could finally get the kids to bed. And so we found that it was fun to him actually come home a day before the kids thought he did. And uh, we would have a night, just the two of us, and then come home, you know, with the kids. Because what Scott did, you didn't have the whole fanfare where everybody's at the airport watching the plane right. land. It was very quiet when they came in. So it wasn't like the boys knew otherwise. So right. uh, 
so it, that was just something that helped us yeah. to be able to kind of reconnect ourselves with each other before there's just the chaos of the kids and everything. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I got chills thinking about steak night and like your guys' commitment to selling a microwave. And, and, and I think, you know, what I'm, what I'm getting from you two of going on 25 years of marriage, like I feel like I, like I know you guys from the beginning because you have kept some of those things and you you haven't forgot about like why you got married and what was important to you and what your mission was and like I just I, I'm really blown away I mean I, I understand way more now like how you two work and why you work so well together because again we we see a lot of people that are like you get the kids involved in the job and like all of the sort of droppings of society and the boxes that we think we need to check and then you wake up one day and you're like what the hell am I doing this for? You know, like, what are, what are we doing here? What's going on? Kind of like we talked about, you know, roommate syndrome and, and people and the kids go off to college. So um, I just like hearing those things and how important you've made that and how you've sort of stayed connected to your roots and, and like that steak night thing, like that's going to stick with me forever. I, I, I think I just we're going to have to have Friday steak nights now. <laughs> yeah. But the, the commitment to that sort of like right. staple in your relationship. Yeah. And, and I, you know, you guys heard me talk about R4, you know, right. rhythm and ritual and, and, and I like that's part of the rooftop thing, but Monty and I always, always had that too. And I want to just be clear on something too, is like, you know, there were a lot of, of, of ups and downs in our marriage. There were a lot of challenges. I mean, I, you know, I had you know, raging alcoholism early in our marriage. Um, you know, I faced, um, chronic depression uh, coming home from war to the point that like I would be laying in a fetal position on the floor just unable to move I, I you know I came very close to taking my own life like there was a lot of dark rough stuff I mean I don't want to give this impression that like but but my point here and with Monty losing you know losing uh, like having to be a military spouse with all of our friends coming home in caskets and having to go to funerals sitting with 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 widows who are her friends and her, knowing her husband's still alive, you know, like it was, it was a ton of just like, why are we even having to go through this? But, but what we found, I think, is that those rituals, those, those things that remind us of who we are and, 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 and where we come from and, and what grounds us, I mean, that's what got us through. You know, that's what we could cling to in the madness of the world. Like everything else is just going to hell. And, you know, if we, oh, we always knew, like, no matter what happened, we could cling to each other. Like, that's one thing we always had, you know. And so whatever those little things that allowed us to just remind ourselves that that's who we are, you know, because you never know what life's going to throw at you, but you know there's going to be times when it sucks. Um, and I just think that getting through our almost our entire marriage was war, mm -hmm. at least half, over half of it. And, 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 and. I don't know how else we would have done it, to be honest with you, because as I look around at our friends now, I, don't, I can't, on one hand, the ones that are still married and those who are, they're like, they're not really married. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, so one of the things on, on that topic is that, um, you know, sort of in this relationship space, the rhetoric is, and especially with COVID, oh, the increasing divorce rate, the increasing divorce rate. And, you know, I, I've, I've done some research on this and it's like, well, depending on what you look at, the divorce rate's not actually increasing. The amount of people that are getting married is decreasing. The amount of people that are in happy, fulfilled relationships is decreasing. Uh, infidelity 
porn addiction, drug addiction, alcohol, all of these other things, those are increasing, but you're right. Like people have either given up or they're like, well, we don't want to be divorced, but by all intents and purposes, we're not married and connected. And, and so our, again, our big thing is like, let's help people grow together, not apart because we're all growing. Time's going to pass on us all just the, the same. Uh, but what are you doing in that time? And, and I do appreciate you, Scott, sharing that it hasn't been all roses, that you guys have had rough yeah. patches with, you know, the, the, the real impact of, of fighting the battles that you fought for 20 years in the Middle East and protecting our country and, you know, just all of those things that go along with it. And I think even more so that just makes it more powerful of like, it's actually the little things that like kept you guys going yeah. and kept you bonded and and just like not losing sight of of that and the commitment i think commitment is the word that comes to my mind of like we're going to make it through this like we didn't sign up to quit <laughs> like we yeah. signed up to to make it through this come hell or high water so I, I i think that's like again there's been so many just valuable things here from from you two that um i i think will be really helpful for people um, I am curious, I know Kate's got one last question, but just kind of thinking about it and, and talking on this topic, you've got one more, you know, boy left in the house and then your empty nesters and, you know, that's kind of a new phase. So let's just talk a little bit about that. Like, what does that look like? Are you guys looking forward to that? Like, what, what's the empty nest phase look like for the, the man household? Well, you know, it's, it's, um, it's not that you, I'm not rushing the time at all because this last year with Braden at home as a senior is going to go really fast, yeah. but um, I'm excited. We, we both, we're really excited. And I think that's a great place to be is mm -hmm. to actually look forward to the next phase, you know, because I mean, we've got nothing holding us back. We can go where we want to go when we want to go. And, and I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm really excited about it. I am too. And I, and I, I tell them what you always say. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Every boy that's left the house, he says, now I have a naked room, you know, and now <laughs> I have a whole naked house. Anytime we want to with no kids in the house anymore. And all, and all the boys have this joke. They're like, we will definitely call before we come. <laughs> Probably a good idea. Um, but you know, like how exciting to just hear that joy and excitement for like just you two, right? When we've been hearing like kind of the opposite. So it's, yeah, sorry, Scott, go ahead. No, it's all good. Um, we, you know, it goes back to that, that kind of that declaration that Monty and I made early on, which was, okay, um, our job, our mission is to get the boys as productive, protective American citizens who are ready to start their life. Like that's our job. That, that's it. That's our singular mission as parents. And everybody has to, I think, has to frame what their mission is as parents. And I think getting a real mission statement is so important because just like anything else, mission statements serve you when it gets bad, right? Mm -hmm. That's when you can look at and go, remember, this is what we're here to do. And one of those times when it can get potentially bad is when you're, when you're standing in your son's you know, his old bedroom and you're mm. looking at everything gone, you know, and, and you just feel this, everything that's like, so it's hard. Like you, you know, everything that you did was to, was to get that little person, you know, to where they needed to be. And now they're gone. And it's in that moment, you have to say mission accomplished. Yeah. Like we did our job. And, 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 and now 
we can pivot back into to, to that relationship that we had all along and, 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 and put more time in that. And, and, but I think without that, I mean, I think getting clarity on your mission and giving yourself some grace when you accomplish it and actually say mission accomplished. Like we did it. We did what we were, we did what we said we would do here, you know, versus, Oh, I just missed him. I wish he was back because you do like, I mean, that's the truth, you know, but if we don't have what the end state looks like in our mind, then yeah, that could get tough and it, you know, and it does anyway, but that's just a way to, that you can look at the criteria for what it is and go, okay, we did our job and, and really feel great about it and pivot back into, you know, so when Braden leaves, it'll be hard because he's our last for goodness sake. Right. Um, and there's a lot that will uh, take an adjustment, but at the same time, we can get three for three, you know, and I'll take that all day long. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great perspective because I hear, you know, we're not there yet. Uh, we've got, we've got a ways, but I, I've, as a parent, one of my pet peeves have always been people like, oh, the time goes so fast. They grow up so fast. And, and again, I'm like, well, time sets on us all the same way. It's yeah. like what you're focused on. And no doubt when they leave, there's a there's a grief period and it's a change. But I love that frame of like mission accomplished versus like, oh, my little baby's moving to call, you know, and, and it's all about the grief. No <laughs> doubt there's grief. I was say, did you say to Colorado? No, to college. Oh, college. I was yeah, like, so, yeah, I'm like, I was that baby. <laughs> I love. <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah, you know what else? I mean, to just be brutally honest. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the parent. Yeah. Right. At that point, I mean, it, that's because mm-hmm. you, now you're making it all about you because it's it's time. Like that that child, their their you know their destiny, their obligation is to step into the world and navigate their life. Yeah. And, and if we're not careful, we make it about us. Right. And we, and, and we, and we can actually get in the way. So, you know, that's the other thing, you know, and, and it's hard, uh, but, but so far that's how we've managed it, you know, and it seems to have worked pretty well, you know, and I, and I think that that's what, that's how we'll navigate it with Braden too in a few months. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this has been so, um, just encouraging and uplifting to see, you know, marriage of 25 years and uh, three, you know, beautiful, beautiful boys that you've raised. Um, and, and, you know, we had the, pl- well, well, actually we all met at the same event. So mm-hmm. we're, you know, Tanner and I met, we, you know, we met at the same one, um, you know, meeting you guys for the first time at, at Bo Eason's event um, and meeting, you know, meeting your boys through that event. And uh, we just recently met Braden too. And, uh, and it's, it's been, um, just really incredible to get to know you over these last few years and to hear more insight to how you make your marriage work. What um, just final thoughts for couples, you know, listening, maybe they're struggling, maybe they don't have this kind of connection and they so, so desire it and want it, you know, what would you offer them in how to just take that next step to get to where they would like to be? I think Monty's the one to do that. And I think it's the dog crap story. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, there's there's one thing that always helped me put things in perspective is it was it was when the boys were young, they were probably like seven, five, and three, and it was during the time that the days were really long, and I'm at, I was at home by myself with the boys, and I was ready for Scott to get home from work, and so I went out with the boys for just kind of a walk around the neighborhood, and the oldest was riding his bike, and the middle one, Cooper, was on the scooter, and then the youngest was in one of those little uh, 
Fred Flintstone cars, you know, where you're <laughs> to move it, you know, and when they're in the line on the sidewalk and I'm walking the dog and just walking behind them, just kind of enjoying the afternoon, hoping to pass some time because it's pretty close to time for Scott to, to be coming home. And literally all at the exact same time, <laughs> Cody on the bike runs into the back of Cooper on the scooter, which makes him hit the back of Brayden, who's on the little Fred Flintstone car. Fred Flintstone car flips over, Brayden screaming, crying, Cody and Cooper are fighting with each other because Cody ran into the back of Cooper. And then I look over and the dog's taking a crap in somebody's yard. <laughs> Literally all at the exact same time. And I just stood there just kind of looking around, really not knowing what to say or do first. And then all of a sudden there was this voice um, off on the other side of the street. And I look up and it was an older lady in the neighborhood who was walking with her husband. And she goes, believe it or not, it's these moments you'll miss the most when they leave. Mm -hmm. And that always stayed with me. I mean, always, I mean, you know, to this, the boys now are 22, 20, and 17, and they were seven, five, and three or so. And I always remember that because it really is, you know, it doesn't matter how chaotic things get or, or, or what, just enjoy it and appreciate it, you know, because it's just, there's something good in everything. Yeah. I got nothing. Great. I was going to say, great, great <laughs> ending. <laughs> Thank you again, Scott and Monty. Man, we appreciate you so much, all that you're doing, uh, and really just uh, being that example for just what marriage marriage is and what marriage should be for so many people and what and what they're um, hoping and, and desiring and, and working towards. Uh, Rooftopleadership.com, how you can learn more uh, about, uh, you know, what Scott and Monty are doing and this movement of just creating great leaders. Game Changer is your book. Uh, and we'll make sure that we have all the links in the show notes. But thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Tanner. We love you guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The One Relationship. Be sure to subscribe right now. And we'd love it if you could do us a quick favor too. Please rate and review this podcast. This will help others who want to strengthen their marriage discover our content. To get our free marriage manifesto today, head over to theonerelationship.com. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Just hit the contact us button and send us your questions and feedback. Join us next time for more real talk on The One Relationship.